Oh, man. Well, we knew this day was coming, right? And how many times have we had to field the question, is what God's doing there, is that really God? Is that really real? (laughs) I, I should even ask that question a little bit differently. How many times in the last seven days have we had to field that question? Is God really doing what he's doing? You know what just sat heavy on my heart the last few minutes? Is you just saw the proof. You just saw a laid down life. In Corey. Nobody knows that more than his wife Seth. Nobody knows that more than his family. And he's an example, but he's not the only example. Every single one moving to Nigeria is an example. I'm so proud of them. But it's not just them moving either. It's literally the remnant that has been part of this church that has laid down their lives. See, I remember when Corey came here and wouldn't come inside because he'd sit out in the car. He would appease Beth because she kept bugging him to come. And I I don't know, I assume he just kind of took a nap out in the car or something. Read read a book. I would have taken a nap, but that's okay. But that didn't last long. Because the Lord said, no, it's time. This is real. You need to see this is real. And you watch what I do. I got to tell you, from my perspective, I could have a story about each and every one of you. And what he has done. It's been five years. Five years. Now, Alexis, that that story that you said was that in uh, that was at the gifts meeting, right? Yes. You you haven't said it here. Yeah, can you come up and share it because I will obliterate it if I try to if I try to share all the pieces to it. But I I do want you to share because that is ignition. There's a tree that's actually called the Chinese bamboo tree, or Chinese bamboo plant. And it's a very interesting plant. It starts with a very small seed that is placed into the ground. And when it's placed into the ground, um, the person planting that particular plant waters it, watches it. And the first year, they see nothing. They see just the ground looking exactly the same. And so it's watered again, it's fertilized, it's cared for in the best way you can care for a seed. And the second year goes by and there is no, no, nothing that comes from it. The third year, the same thing, the same care, the same watering, making sure light, water, everything the soil needs. And it begins to see a tiny little shoot come out. And almost 
as a, a symbol of perhaps that there's something wrong. And the temptation is to dig in the soil and disrupt, to double check if maybe there's error with how it was planted or if something's really happening beneath the soil. The fourth year, still just the shoot. Major, major doubt, if you're not familiar with the plant, can set in with whether or not you did what you were supposed to do in planting the seed. The fifth year, within six weeks, this plant, this Chinese bamboo plant, shoots up 90 feet and becomes solid in a six-week period of time. And the question is, did the plant grow that fast, that strong, in six weeks? Or did it grow that strong in five years? The root system is the most powerful part of that plant. The care for the seed, developing the root system to sustain the sudden manifestation, after all that time, of what would become this massive, massive plant, is the greatest importance. And when I first heard that story, I thought, that is so ignition. God has sequestered this group of people to develop roots that go down so deep so that when the manifestation of the tree itself is seen for all the world to see, it will not waver. And only because of God, only because of his direction, his power, nothing of ourselves, we praise God to not go back and dig up those seeds in doubt, wondering if they had not been planted correctly, but waited it out. And it was such an encouragement to hear that story because uh, that is exactly what God is doing. And in a short period of time, um, as we sing that song, um, that the vindication will come of all that uh, God has been planting beneath the soil, not seen, but he sees it and he wants it strong. So when I was with the Lord this morning, I was talking to him about today and what he wanted and knowing today is special, knowing today is both sad and exhilarating, all wrapped into one. It's kind of like a graduation, or kind of like a marriage, where there is one part of your life that is coming to a close because another part needs to spring forth. That's where we're at right now. And so I was asking him exactly what he wanted. What did he want from me? I had felt earlier this morning he gave me what he wanted me to share. But as I was before him, I I just said, beyond today, what do you want from me? And his words ring true for you as well. He said to me this morning, he said, and this is the Father speaking, I'm paraphrasing. He said, I only have taught you these five years. He said, I have set you aside 
so that you would not learn a religious spirit, but you would learn my spirit. Trust in that training. See, the fruit of relationship is the proof that that's him. So as you look in your own life, and you see the fruit of that relationship with him, recognize that what he is doing is true. See, because we will face a world. In fact, we will face a bride. We will face the church that will come against us, that will mock us. Because in today's church, Control is the word of the day. And it has been ever since 200 A.D. Because Satan knows that he can't beat who Jesus Christ is. So if he could come as an angel of light with his parameters of control then he can silence the very voice that Jesus wants you to have. There is power that he wants to come from your voice. And not because it's your voice, but because in relationship with him, you have given your voice to him. So see, it all really comes back to him. Who he is, who Jesus Christ is, who he speaks through. And it's always going to be a laid down life. Don't expect him to speak through you with his power without a laid down life. You can't hold back those areas that you want to control. Wow, and if you've been part of this church for any length of time, you've heard that a million times. Because it's truth. But what he impressed on my heart so heavily goes with what Alexis said in that example. Trust in the training. Trust in the seeds that he has planted in you even though right now you will not see necessarily the power that those seeds will produce. Trust. Because there will come a point, and we are there, where those seeds will fly. And will grow 90 feet in what seems overnight. And there will be many There will be many that have been with us along the way of these five years that will then see that and it will ring true what they were told while they were here. But they chose not to trust, not to believe. It will ring true for them. And God will stand there with open arms because he wants a ready bride. But remember your training. I say this to those seven that are moving to Nigeria, eight with Tebe as he goes home, 
But it's really to everybody here. Because if you think that just those eight are stepping into the field, then you haven't been listening for the past few years. You may be on a different field, but rest assured, you are stepping out into the field. We all are. And it's bittersweet because in order to bring all the things that God wants to bring into our lives to reach out, we can't just have the world come to us. I mean, it'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Lord, just, you know, bring them all to this house. We'll take them all in one by one. Yeah, it doesn't work, does it? That's why he sends people out. So yes, we're going from one reality to a different reality. But recognize in the spirit we are one. Those relationships that have been built here and continue to be built here will not change. They will grow stronger and stronger. Trust in your training. Trust in what God is doing in your life. I want you to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Actually, no, we're going to back up to chapter 1. And we're going to start about midway through verse 12. Lord, I give you my voice. You have my heart. You have every piece of me. Do what your will dictates. Whatever your will dictates, Father, just do it. I ask in Jesus' name. I am not ashamed. This is Paul speaking to Timothy. I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. See, that was his baseline. Why would he be ashamed? Okay, wait a second. Paul had this relationship with Jesus Christ. Paul was probably the most prolific speaker in all of history, certainly in the church. Why in the world would he be ashamed? It's because to the world he was. To the world he was in prison. To the world he was a criminal. But he said, I am not ashamed because I know in whom I believe. I trust in whom I believe. That confidence of that relationship allows me to step into that prison knowing full well who I am before you. He had confidence. I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what he has been entrusted to me. See, you're stepping into this new phase. Please recognize, no different than the old phase, it is not what you do. It's what you let Christ do through you. Because he said, I am convinced 
that He, God, He, Jesus Christ, He, Holy Spirit, is able to guard what I have, guard that relationship, guard that training until that day. What day? The day Paul's voice no longer matters on this earth. Until that day in which he takes Paul home. Because it's at that point, he's no longer responsible for his life because his life is over. Notice I said his life is over. Life is not over. In fact, life is just beginning for him. Eternity is just beginning for him. So he said, I am convinced that you are able to guard everything you've entrusted to me, everything you've taught me. I, I trust that you can guard it until my very last breath. That when I am in prison, the last few years of my life, as Paul knew, when he knew the end of that time would be his death, his martyrdom. He knew that it would be entrusted to that very last moment when the sword hit his neck. That it was entrusted to God that he would not fail. As you step out to Nigeria, as you step out of these doors into your platform, know that He will entrust it, that you can entrust it to Him to take care of it. All you have to do is the same thing we've been saying for five years. Just in case you forgot, let's turn there. Let's turn to Matthew 6.33. I swear it is so hard to hit this thing when you shake so much. I'm like, boink. Okay. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Wow, that is so simple and yet so powerful. Do you recognize that was not picked by me to be on our logo? That was not picked by me to be part of our name, Ignition 633. First of all, it doesn't even make sense. I mean, it sounds really cool now because we've had it for five years. But at the beginning, it's like, what? That doesn't make sense. Trust me, this was put together by God. Our love shield was put together by God. Not this one. This one he gave me a vision of and we just kind of came up with it. But the love shield, that was all God. Ignition 633, that was all God. And who names a church Ignition anyways? Maybe a pyro, I suppose. (laughs) Right? But understand... That the reason it was named that, it is the very tip of the spear that will spark what is to become a ready bride. And the very foundation of what it is, is Matthew 6.33. Everything is encompassed into this verse. Don't worry about anything. Except 
Him. Jesus says, don't worry about anything. Just focus on me. Focus on me. I'll take your hand. I'll walk you through. I'll take you through every portion. I'll walk where you cannot walk. And when you can't walk, I'll lift you. And we'll walk together. But you've got to focus on me. Nothing else. How easy is it that we stray away from that? Well, Lord, I I can focus on you when it comes to this, this, and this. But, Lord, when it comes to paying my bills, you know, I got that one figured out because I know what we need. You know, you gave me the intellect to figure this one out, so I'm going to figure it out. I'm sorry, is there a part of that verse I missed? Right? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and your control over finances. Yeah, no, it's not in there. He says, seek him. Now, why do you think it says, seek his kingdom? Because right away he is clarifying how you find him. You find him in a place of faith. Why do you think the religious system is so strong in the bride? That sense of control is so strong in the bride. It's because it's easier to control than it is to give faith. Faith takes time, guys. If you don't believe me, ask Abraham. If you don't believe me, ask David. Right? If you don't believe me, ask Paul. Although if you asked him, then I'm assuming you have faith to ask him anyways, because he's not right here. Right? But recognize, Paul was trained. By the time he received Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus, it was 14 years later before he even did anything that was known. And then three years after that, before he was widely known. 17 years. I feel pretty good that it's only been five for us. Praise God we don't have to go 17. Because then I'd be a little older. Right? Seek first his kingdom and where he is, and you seek him in his kingdom because it requires faith. It requires faith to understand that these three dimensions in time are a minimal portion of who God is, because God is outside of that. So if you focus on Him, focus on His kingdom, focus on that relationship that you have heard about a million times, He'll provide everything else. It is insane, the money that we will need, or have needed so far even, for Nigeria. Okay, I'm going to blow you away with a number here real quick. Because the Lord told me this before I understood what it meant. He literally told me this number before we were a church. And for the longest time I thought, okay, he must mean Nera. (laughs) And, I mean, ask Alexis. I thought, well, that must be because that's attainable. I mean, because he told me $221 million. That's just a little bit. Let's take an offering. (laughs) Right? Oh, wait, no, he told us, never take an offering. Never take the reins of what I want to control back from him. 
So he said $221 million, and I ignored the dollar part, and I kind of plugged in NARA, because really that's only $750,000. Heck, we could do that. I feel confident we could do that. We've already done 10% of that, and we've never asked for anything. And And I'm not talking about raising money to go there. I'm talking about what we've put into the buildings there. But see, $221 million is what he wants to do. And that didn't even make sense to me. How in the world do you spend $221 million in Nigeria? How do you do that? I mean, that's like 80 kazillion naira. I don't even know if they make that much naira. Do, Teve, do they make that much naira in... <laughs> okay. So... How in the world do you spend that? And then this last trip, Michael and I went, the Lord showed me. He said, well, you know what? To begin with, I'm going to give you 80,000 acres to spend it on. Amen. You know, that means at least if you're only, if you're only fulfilling 20% of its potential, you're between 16,000 and 20,000 cattle. Okay, I could see how God's going to run through $221 million pretty quickly. Now, see, the other part of it, I'm like, I am so glad that that's your responsibility, Lord, because that's a little overwhelming to me. Even though now I really understand that he was talking about dollars. But he's going to do it. See, we don't have to. Guys, when you go to Nigeria, do not forget your training. Don't take things into your own hands. Especially money. Especially money. That is what he has poured into us that we're to trust in. The very thing that we like to control at the beginning, he said, don't even take an offering. I proclaim that. For you in Nigeria. Don't take an offering. Put a box in the corner of the room. And just say, Lord, fill it up as to you, however you want to fill it up. And he'll do it. Trust. Michael, trust him. Trust him. And don't forget your training. Don't forget what God has done in your lives. Let's go back to Second Timothy. Verse 13, follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me. Now, I know this is Paul speaking to Timothy, but I want you to picture, because every word of this is God-breathed, picture this is what God is saying to you. This is what Jesus is grabbing you by the hand and saying to you. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me. In faith and in love that are in Jesus Christ. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. Guard it. Why? Because see, Satan wants to take it away. I don't know what today is about. But I know it was important enough for the enemy to go after it with all he could do. You saw a few examples. 
He couldn't penetrate much. But he started probably a few days ago. I know there were many that were hit last night hard. Boy, it's just white noise, guys. It's just white noise. Do you know Satan's power is the fact that he wants you to believe he has power? Now, I'm talking about those who have relationship with him. Because when you have sin in your life and you give authority, he does have power. Because it's through that authority that he has power. But remember your training when you go to Nigeria. Remember your training when you step out those doors and whatever is about to happen. See, because he's there with you. Trust in what he's doing. And for those of you that have not been here very long or have not heard much of this, See, God's kind of like a Marine in that way. Nobody left behind. Everybody's given opportunity. Everybody. All you have to do is give your heart to Him. All you have to do is say, I want relationship with you and I will step and seek you in your kingdom by faith, knowing that you will give it back to me. And that's what He does. I want you to go down to chapter 2. I'm just going to start at verse 1. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. See, I've said this many times, but do you know the greatest multi-level marketing in the world began with Jesus Christ. See, if you pour your life into a couple of others, that then pour their lives into a couple of others, and they then pour their lives into a couple of others, you have this dramatic increase that is the most powerful marketing plan in the world. There is no other marketing plan. If you know business at all, you know there is no other marketing plan in business as powerful as multi-level marketing. It's just kind of sad that, that the business community thinks they came up with it. Right? When in reality, it was Jesus who came up with it. He said, be like me. Build relationship with me. Jesus is saying this. Be like Jesus. Why? Just so he could get a kick out of it? No. It's because it spreads his character. So that as he works through you, others will see him. They won't see you. They'll see him. That's what he wants. That's what he builds. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Ooh, that's a tough one. Let's, let's take verse 3 out of there. We'll be like Thomas Jefferson and just black it out. We're not going to look at that one. Yeah, it doesn't work, does it? 
See, because have you ever known a soldier at wartime that did not experience the difficulties of war? No such thing. War is war. You've been called to war. Understand sometimes it's going to be tough. Understand sometimes it's going to be tough on your choice of faith versus control. See, you're going to come to a point, those those who are in Nigeria, you're going to come to a point where you're going to sit there and say, okay, did God really say that? Because, you know, this happened and that happened and it's not supposed to work this way. Understand, you are stepping into a realm that is controlled by a different... Um, Oh my, why my mind just went blank. A different, uh, starts with a P. Principality, Principality thank you. I kept thinking principal, and no, that's not it. <laughs> principality. All right, there is a different principality that is over the continent of Africa. Not just over Nigeria. Nigeria happens to be where his seat of power is, at Zumarok. But he is over the entire continent of Africa. Just like Abaddon was over the continent of America. Right? So you're going into a different territory. That doesn't mean that you are not going in there with power, because you are. You are going in there with the very power that God has instilled in you in your relationship with Him. So trust it. Trust it. When it feels like everything is coming against you there, speak and fight into that darkness. I can't even remember who, who wrote this poem. I only remember parts of it, but, it, but I remember it was so powerful. Maybe somebody will remember. And I believe it goes something like, speak into that good night. Does that ring a bell? Yes. Don't go dark into that good night. Okay, well, I'm going to explain to you what that means to me because I might be wrong on what it actually means. <laughs> See, don't succumb to what Satan wants. Don't succumb to what he wants. He wants nothing more than to destroy you, to kill you, to silence you. But understand, that's not his choice. As a child of God, that is your choice. Not even the people around you. It's not their choice. It's not your choice for me to let him affect me. It is my choice. Just like you for you. So make that choice that no matter what is before you, you know you're walking where God wants you to walk, and it doesn't matter what you're walking into. Because you've placed your trust in his hands. We either, we either believe the Bible or we don't. Bottom line. You either believe that the entire word of God is here for our purpose to understand. Or you single out portions of it. Well, you know, 
the Old Testament God's a new God now, and I know he says he didn't change, but, but it kind of changed because Jesus kind of made it different. And, and so, you know, all those things that happen in the Old Testament, you know, where, I mean, crazy stuff, you know, that, that, that was like Old Testament stuff. No. In fact, I've prophesied many times that God is bringing us back to an Old Testament understanding of his power. That's not just prophecy. That is what he's about to do. It's hard to figure out when he says, I'm going to do something new, what that means. Hey, I have something new for you under the tree for Christmas. Can you even fathom what it is? No. I haven't given you any hints. And you're not going to know until you open that package. But you could trust. You could trust that the giver is genuine. You could trust that Jesus only gives good gifts because that's what he promised. Understand that your faith is an important ingredient to what he's about to do as you go to Nigeria and others that are here as we step into what he has for us. No soldier gets in, verse 4, no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. There is so much in both of those statements. Understand that you can't do things your way if you expect God's blessing. It doesn't happen that way. Well, Lord, I'm going to give you this portion of me, and we'll kind of see how it goes. It's kind of like, kind of like investing a part of your portfolio. I'm going to take this, and I'm going to risk 10% on, on what I think you're telling me to do, and we'll see if it pans out. Mm. That might have worked. 50 years ago, 100 years ago. Not in this day and age. In this day and age, we're coming to a point where the lukewarm will be spit out of his mouth. We know this. We've talked about this. See, it's now a time of all in, period. That's your only choice. Well, I suppose except to be all out. You want God at all, you are all in. You are hot. He said, I would rather you be cold or hot because lukewarm I cannot take anymore. Because lukewarm is what keeps my bride from being hot. Why? Because there's a sense of reality to it. There's a sense of reality to the religious system. Why? Because his principles work. His principles work. You don't, you don't even have to be a Christian to understand his principles work. You give, it'll be given unto you. It doesn't say there, well, you've got to be saved first, but then if you give. No, that's a principle that works. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That is a principle that works. Now, I'm not saying the principle's bad. It's good. It's of God. But, you know, if all you're doing is living by these principles, feeling like you have a good life because you are somehow connected to God, you are deceived. You're deceived. 
There's only one way to be close to God. Only one way, and he made that very clear. Jesus did when he walked this earth. He said, you want to be with me? You give me everything. See, I no longer require 10%. I require it all. Right? With the young ruler who came to him and he said, he said, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be in your will to have this relationship with you? And he said, well, he said, you know the Ten Commandments. You know this. You know that. And he said, yes, I have done all of those things. And he said, and yet, there's one thing left to do. Go sell everything you have. Come and follow me. Follow this guy who earlier proclaimed that he didn't even have a pillow to lay his head on. But go sell everything. Go sell your my pillow. Come and follow me. What was the guy's reaction? Sorrow. Now, me being the glasses half full kind of guy, I like to think that maybe he went away, evaluated that, and then came and dove all in. Because I, I, I have a feeling that might have been Barnabas. But I don't know. Scripture doesn't say that. Bottom line is he required everything. See, just like going to Nigeria, he required everything of these people. Sell your house. Give away your AR-15 to your pastor. (laughs) That one I happen to agree with. No, I'm kidding. You know, he, he, he said, you've got to get rid of everything Because what you don't understand is what I have for you can't be intermingled with that other stuff. It can't be. Because it's on such a different level, it can't be intermingled. And I'm going to prove it in that relationship with you. So don't get entangled in civilian pursuits. When you go out there, to Nigeria, or when you go out there to your calling here. Don't be sidetracked. Don't be sidetracked in things that the enemy will use to get your attention. Don't be sidetracked. And I'll tell you what, money is a big one. We are going to face things in the religious system in Nigeria that will be very difficult to overcome. Money is going to be one of them. Are you going to trust him? Because see, what needs to be taught is that you can. You've lived it for five years. You've seen it for five years. We have gone through everything God has called us to do. He has provided in every way. So you've seen it walked out. Walk it out. In your own life, walk it out in Nigeria. Because this is either his or it's not. And I'm here to declare it is his. And I know that's your hearts as well. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It's kind of like trying to build a relationship with Jesus Christ 
by living the religious system. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You've got to compete to his rules. His rules are he has to be preeminent. You have to seek him first and his kingdom first. Nothing else. Your very happiness, your very joy depends upon it. It's the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. I love that because after he says, you got to do it by the way he has laid it out, then he says, oh, and by the way, you're going to reap the benefits. In fact, you're going to reap the first benefits. What does that mean? That means relationship is the first benefit. You are already reaping that. You know, and there are many benefits to come, guys. I mean, you, you know you know the prophecies. Oh, I, I had the Lord. <laughs> Probably shouldn't say this out loud. Just this past week, I'm talking to the Lord about... It's difficult for me, okay, to ride in these planes where your knees are in your chest. Right? And yet I do it all the time. And I was talking to the Lord about that because I know that he has promised us um, private jets. And, and I say that in the plural, not in the singular. In fact, I, I love one of Stephen's visions that he told us when we were in Africa in April. He said, yeah, I... I saw, I saw this vision of this hangar, and, and there were a bunch of little Learjets, private jets, and then there was this one big Boeing jet. And I said, Lord, can I claim that one? I'm kidding. The point is, though, is my desire because I want that, or is my desire because I want him? See, I could care less about the jet. I'd really love to be able to get there in eight hours. And to be able to go for a day and come back, that would be awesome. But you know what? He could do that with spirit travel too, So, and we'll save the gas. right? The, the point is, I want to step where he has me step. I want you to step where he has you step. Do not put parameters on him. Don't limit him. Because when you find yourself in the midst of the battle, you're going to need his limitless power. And he says, think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Anything that you have been trained, anything that you walk away from here having received... He'll, he'll show you what it means. When he begins to reveal in your heart things that he's telling you, trust him to follow through with it. Trust him to show you what it means. Understand there will be a cost. Once you get past that, I've got to tell you, this, this, this life walking with him, this, this relationship, with him, it's not a hard thing. It is not rocket science. Once you get past the point 
of feeling the need to claim stuff to be your own, the rest of it is honestly easy. Because he builds in you the very thing that makes it tough, and that is patience. You start to learn to love the word soon. When it just means, no, that means you're waiting a little bit longer. But he builds that trust in you. Well, guess what, guys? We're here. We're at soon. What he's about to do has already begun. He has said it. We trust him in it. I want to go down. Verse 11. I'm going to close with this. If we have died with him, we will also live with him. Now, I, I love this because you would think it would be just the opposite. If we, if we live with him, then that means we'll die with him. No, he, he said we're already dead. Right? We live in these bodies that we call fallen flesh. He said the real life is when we're with him physically, when we're with him permanently. So, with that in mind, he said, if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, I love this one, because here's a promise, man. You could claim this, and you could take it to the bank. If we endure, we will also what? Reign with him. What do you think that means? First of all, do you think God is one who just throws around words that, you know, oh, this will sound good, I'll just put it out there. No, every word has weight to the Lord. So when he says, if you endure with him, you will reign with him, he means that very specifically. I, I love to think of it this way. God, or specifically Jesus Christ, he has been this last 2,000 years as a recruiter. He's recruiting a leadership team. He's recruiting a leadership team that will lead with him, will reign with him in the millennium. But you know what? It goes beyond that because it says the rewards are eternal. Eternal means past the thousand years. Eternal means eternal. So his recruiting is for something we cannot even possibly fathom. And yet he says, if you endure... If we endure, we will also reign with him. But then a tough one, he says, if you deny him, he also will deny us. Now, I want you to be careful here because this is not talking about losing your salvation. Remember who Paul's talking to. Paul is not only talking to a Christian, Paul is talking to a pastor. Paul is talking to somebody filled with the Holy Spirit, who Paul himself laid hands on and imparted giftings to. He said, if we deny him, he will also deny us. That is relationship, guys. If you deny him the very thing that brings you closer to him, he will not go before the Father and lift you up in saying they're building that relationship. By the way, if you don't believe that, I'm telling you, I have seen that, and others have too, in the court. 
where we bring somebody before the court and Jesus literally says to the Father, no, I, yeah, I can vouch for this one right here. I know their heart. Now, does that mean the Father doesn't know their heart? Of course not. The Father knows their heart. But see, Jesus is the one that earned the right to proclaim it because he gave his life. So if we deny him, he will deny us before the Father. Doesn't take away our salvation. If you've accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit until you receive that eternal life. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. However, that salvation, that justification does not guarantee you, nor does it even facilitate relationship with him. That's something you have to go after. And you guys know this. I'm just telling you one last time before you leave. (laughs) But then I love the last one. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny himself. I think there's a twofold meaning there. First of all, I think that's the answer to not losing your salvation. Because even if you turn from him and don't give him relationship, he will not deny himself of anybody that the Father gave him. He said, they're mine. I fought for them. I died for them. They're mine, period. I will not deny myself. If we're faithless, And guys, there's going to be times when you step out there and you're going to really struggle with faith for something. Just remember, he is faithful. He will do what he says. Allow him to re-infuse into you the faith of what you're stepping into and what he tells you to do. Because sometimes it's scary. hard to think of what it'll be like when you're hated. Because, man, we prefer love. (laughs) Right? I prefer to be loved than hated. And we've had little tastes of what it's like to be hated. But see, God is building a thick skin so we could see beyond the falsities of the enemy so it doesn't affect our hearts. We have to, because Jesus wants to work through that to show the real relationship. And through this process, all those principalities, that one in Africa, that is going to be bound and cast just like Abaddon. And not only him, but all seven all over the world. And and by the way, there aren't more than seven. Lord said there were seven brothers. That's why you see the beast the, the, in, in Revelation 10. I think it's 10, 10 or 12. Maybe it's 12. The beast that is the dragon with the seven heads. Does that mean Satan has seven heads? Because we know the dragon is Satan. No. Think of it as Satan with seven generals. And then these horns are tracts of land. And I won't. I won't dive into that rabbit hole right now. But understand that when those seven are gone, which they will be, there's a green light 
for the readying of the bride. Now they will happen. I don't know, trust me, man. Maybe you could ask the Lord to, to just reveal this because I ask him all the time. It is, I know the first one we've been dealing with for five years. But I think the rest go very quickly. He's already been showing the authorities behind this one in Africa. He's already been showing some of the things of the one in Europe. Can't wait to hear some more on that one. But just know, man, you're called to something extraordinary. Let him work through you. Do not be one of these that is faithless. Offer him your full faith because it is the only currency you have. It's the only currency God takes. He won't take your money. He won't take your nera. Take your faith. And faith is worth way more than any of that ever could be. And just recognize he will not deny himself. The readying of the bride is coming. It is underway already. These lines in the sand will affect everyone who has accepted Jesus Christ into their heart already. And in the future, each one will have a choice of which side of the line they fall, the hot or the cold. They will not be able to choose lukewarm. I'm not sure exactly what it means by being spit out of God's mouth, but I can't imagine it's good. We talked about that last week. But Alexis, come on up and share what you have. When the Lord was giving um, a strong word to Greg, through Greg, to the team, the Holy Spirit gave me something as well just to, um, to give as a charge. And even though it's for the Nigerian team moving, it really applies to everyone. But specifically, I have something for the women. And the wives first, Allie and Beth. Trust the Lord. And we know that. Trust him. But every day, make it be your goal to so fill up in the secret place that you do not find yourself holding your spouse responsible for your comfort, your emotional well-being, and your peace. That is an easy thing in a marriage to do, especially when your environment daily will be stretched to the max. The other women, Riley, Ariel, have I left out another woman? No, that's moving. The, the filling up has got to be so profound that just because you don't get your emotional well-being from somebody else doesn't mean it's not the goal to encourage one another. But if you haven't filled up, then you will be ill-equipped to, to encourage one another, and it will become dysfunctional. It will become where if Riley isn't supporting you the way that you need it, Ariel, then your discouragement will be found in what she didn't do. And that can become a a strategy of the enemy. Because, yes, you're there for one another. You're relying on one another's support in the human realm. 
but it must never, ever be on that first. That's the faith that he needs you to walk in. And that's really true of us in our lives. But um, sometimes dysfunction seeps in when we, um, we, we project this accountability on another person of something we need. The only way you'll be able to encourage one another when things are coming against you hard is if you are already filled up. And in the spirit, God will allow, if, you're, if that is your desire and goal, then when someone is hit, God will make sure there are others around you that are filled up that can help you at that time. Because he's, he's not going to allow you to be put out at the same time. The other thing I wanted to clarify, um, that I really do believe, in the example of those that have sold everything and left, you know, there, there's, a, there's a sick kind of a philosophy in the church that tends to go to the extremes that Satan loves. One is the prosperity gospel, which is that, you know, we absolutely, God wants everybody to be wealthy. That, that can swing that way. But then there's another one that says, God, you know, that, that you, in order to be holy, you have to sell everything and not have everything. And the scripture that Greg used gets misinterpreted a lot. God delights in giving good gifts to his children. Solomon was given wealth. Why? Because he didn't care about wealth. He wanted the wisdom of God. So it's not about whether you have stuff, don't have stuff. I truly believe that those that have had to give up a lot of stuff are going to be blessed with stuff as they are, as it is not important. And it's kind of like the, the transportation issue. If, see, because only God knows the motive of your heart. If, if the goal is to, to attain material possessions, then you'll never be able to walk in the Matthew 6.33. But don't ever think that the, the it's, it's a lie of the enemy to ever think that he doesn't want you to ever have nice things. We have prayed and we know that Ruth and Colin are going to be so blessed for this long time of everybody uh, using their house. They have opened their house. And even though it's kept beautiful, there is wear and tear when there's this many people coming in and out and in and out. And so, but, and God cares about that. And he, as they have given so, so generously, God has replaced, even in the newest furniture here, God has replaced it. But see, only God knows how tightly we hold on to our stuff. You know, there, so be careful what your, your philosophy is. Don't think, don't have some misplaced guilt when you maybe are blessed with things, but ask the Lord, how much do these things mean to me? Because you just don't know until you're asked to give it up how much things mean, and, and that can apply to many other things. So, um, but God is, is, a, is a lavish giver of gifts, and, um, and yes, this has been a training. Our root system from that Chinese bamboo plant, the root system that he's built for this last five years, that is relationship. That is the growth in that example is the growth goes downward. And what have we seen in ignition? We have seen the growth in ignition in a deep relational way in people's lives. And now we're about to see the fruit that the world can see, and it's going to grow extremely fast. But God wanted to build ignition differently. He didn't want to build a huge shaft coming out of the ground that looks like, wow, that's really growing, that's really strong. And then when the first real storm comes, it has nothing to sustain it, and it topples over. God is good, and he's merciful. Um, so I just wanted to mention that, and, um, but I also want to – I texted Bryn to, to say this. Um, I did not see Carson 
right away. And when I saw him on the floor over there worshiping, it just took my breath away. So thrilled, so thrilled to see you here with us. And God raised him up to be with us today. And um, that's a beautiful thing. And I'm so thankful for the power of the name and blood of Jesus. Um, some of you don't know this. I, this is something I would typically only share either in a gifts meeting or in a smaller group setting. But at the beginning of the song that I was going to sing with Josh, um, one of the things that I've been noticing that's been an attack um, of the enemy is that um, my back will go into seizures. And I sat down and, again, as relaxed you know, as I was, I started to feel just something rise up in my back and take hold. And God broke it off. But unfortunately, it, when it broke off, it made its way right over to Deborah. So there was absolutely an active force trying to disrupt and take out. And, um, and so I'm just, I'm always so thankful when God in his mercy um, just breaks it off of him. Because again, he may do it through people, but it is God. It is never a human being that breaks that, breaks that off. It's the name and precious blood of Jesus. Um, we have a couple of announcements today. Did you want to stop the podcast? Yeah. Okay. We're doing something before announcements. 